welcome to our first ever episode of What's the Tea? Today's special guest is the extraordinary Mary from Papa Chichi Styles, who specializes in all things hair. She is a qualified hairstylist and founder of the newly launched Pink Hot Comb. She also does classes and bridal hair and is just an all-round boss. Before we go into the episode, here is a quick disclaimer. This is a mum's podcast recorded during lockdown via Zoom, so the sound quality isn't a thousand percent, and we might actually have sounds of kids running around, but hey, it is what it is. The job needs to get done. Today's episode is brought to you by Making Fitness Fun. Making Fitness Fun, also known as MFF, is a platform which focuses on making fitness fun. At MFF, we want to make sure that fitness is not a chore, but something that you look forward to and enjoy. MFF provides one-to-one training and fitness classes for all levels and also holds a pre- and postnatal certificate for all the mummies out there. We specialise in stylish and affordable activewear too, to make sure that you feel and look good while working out. Check us out on Instagram at makingfitnessfun underscore and at www.gabriellemovementgroup.com. Welcome, Mary. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. So I'm just going to go straight into it with a quick fire question round. Oh, okay. <laughs> so just to give people a chance to get to know you a bit better. Give me the first question um, answer that pops into your head. Okay. You ready? Yep. Ghana braids or box braids? Box braids. Solo trip or girls trip? Girls trip. Pounded jam or jollof rice? Jollof. Lace front wig or closure wig? Lace front. Okay, girl. Ciara or Kelly Rowland? Mm, Kelly. Kelly Ciara, okay. both. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Shoes or bags? Ooh, shoes. Hug or handshake? Hug. New clothes or new phone? New clothes. Tea or hot chocolate? Hot chocolate. TV on or TV off? TV on. On, because I don't watch it, but I like background noise. <laughs> <laughs> You're like me. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much for answering those. Hopefully people can get a little bit more about your personality, but obviously we're going to talk more. Tell us a bit more about your background, where you're from, that kind of thing. Okay, so um, I am from, I currently live in Essex. Um, I was born and raised in South London. Um, <laughs> every time, every time. <laughs> I can't claim it because I left. I left when I was ten. I left when I was ten, so I don't claim South because I don't really know South that much. Um, yeah, I can't. I don't claim it. I'm like, yeah, I was. I was born there. And I was. I went to like primary school there, but we left. Um, like my siblings and obviously my parents we left when we were quite young so when I was 10 we moved to Kent actually okay. um, and yeah and the reason why we moved out of South was because these were the times where gang um gang started forming and uh-huh. you know Black again that kind of and obviously my I have an older brother um and for my dad he was like no 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 let's go and it was at the time where you know black people were getting a little bit more money were able to buy property 
So my dad's like, let's move out of London um, and get a property. So we moved to Belvedere actually. Um, and I, oh. we were there. For, yeah, we were there for like five years. And at that time, Belvedere wasn't black. You know, it wasn't black at all, um, at all. Um, and then eventually, um, I actually went to school. I went to pri- I went to a private school. Me and my brother went to a private school. Um, no, so your parents were not playing. <laughs> yeah, they're not. My dad's very big, massive on education, always been. Um, so they sent us to private school. Um, we went to private school in Brighton, actually. Um, uh-huh. And yeah, and we 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 were um, what do they call it now? Boarding. It was boarding school. Really? Didn't come home. Yeah. I did not know that. We were, yeah, boarding school from year seven. I was there from year seven to year nine um, with my older brother. And unfortunately, the school shut down to my absolute delight. So we were the only black people in the whole school. The whole school. Wow. Only black people. Um, and I would say people, I guess now that, you know, we're educated on racism and stuff, we would realize that, yeah, we experienced racism. At that time, I thought they were ignorant, but they were racist as heck. Um, and I just prayed, like I just was like, God, please just let the school just end. And it actually shut down. And then we, I begged my dad, my dad was looking for a new um, secondary school urgently because um, obviously these were the times where you're doing SATs in year nine. And I just begged him, I said, dad, please, like, please let me go to a normal state school like my friends. And I promise like, I'll get A stars, I'll do well. So my dad said, okay, cool, um, you can go. So I went, I finished my secondary school in state school and then we moved to Essex. So yeah, I guess that's a little background. You know, I didn't know any of that. I literally thought you were just... I didn't even know the South London bit. So, anyway, that's where you're from. from. (laughs) Let me just correct you on that. You're from South, okay? You better claim it, okay? (laughs) Belvedere is technically South. (laughs) It's just around the corner. Um, But, yeah, no, I didn't know that. And and it's very interesting. Your your prayers must be powerful because for you, what, how old were you, 14? Yeah from praying that God shut this school down and it actually shut down. It shut down. (laughs) (laughs) You must be a prophetess or something in another life. (laughs) Okay, that's perfect. Thank you so much. And obviously you are Nigerian by by background as well, aren't you? Yes, I am fully Nigerian, 100%. and very proud. Fantastic. I love that. Amazing. So the next question is for those people that live under a rock, <laughs> what <laughs> and what do you do? Okay, so Papa Gigi Style is a hairdressing company that was established in 2012. Um, I am the founder of Papa Gigi Style and um yeah i've been working for a long time i've been in the industry for over a decade which sounds mad because i'm not even 30 but yeah i've been in the industry for over a decade i specialize in bridal hair um wig making training courses and i also recently became a product owner um so i own pink yeah very proud of myself um in february 2020 i launched um a brand a product electrical um hot comb called the pink hot comb available everywhere um so yeah that's a bit about me um i have a team as well who work for me especially on the bridal side of things because we specialize in destination weddings which means literally during summer i'm barely here um i'm traveling the world styling brides um doing what i love so yeah that's a bit about papatichi oh wow can we just take a moment to digest all of that information please (laughs) (laughs) and this is why I say you know like you don't really need celebrities and like people who are kind of unreachable to 
to um, also I'm looking to inspire you. You and I'm always you inspire me on a daily basis. You've been inspiring me. Your work ethic, everything is just so crazy. You're just you're just so amazing at what you do. And again, a big congratulations on the pink hot comb because when I see you posting on Insta, six hundred and something audience, I'm like, yeah, this girl. <laughs> you're just you're something else, honestly. Um, so let's take it back a little bit. How did you get started in the hair business? So I would say um, hair's kind of always been something in my life. Um, my mom, not my mom, wasn't a hairdresser, but my mom has um, three girls, including me. So and obviously we moved to Essex, so we were kind of. My mom was forced to learn how to do hair or pay extortionate prices because she chose option A. Um, so it was kind of my mom's very big on hair. Well, when we were younger, her presentation was very very key. Um, so we, me and my sister literally had to do our hair every single week. So we knew Saturdays, first thing in the morning was wash day, you know, detangling, braiding. That would what we would do for the whole of Saturday morning. Um, so I think for me, I feel like that's where my first love for hair came. Just seeing, watching my mom doing my sister's hair and helping her out. And I think I would literally say that that was kind of the seed that was planted in me. And I was like, oh, I actually really like this. And obviously growing up in Essex, um, coming from South and going to Essex um, and growing older and being a teenager in Essex, um, and there not being that many people who did hair and those that did hair weren't that great um, I was just like oh my god like I need to do something about this so I in college I started doing hair um, and this was before YouTube days so it was a bit difficult to it wasn't now where there's training there's YouTube there's things accessible if you want to learn something you just do and um, it was a case of literal trial and error trying on my friends trying on myself trying in college and seeing how it works and I think my mum's always been very big on cultivating talent in her children um, and I applaud her for that especially being a Nigerian mum my mum is very like if you want to be an artist draw if you want to be a hairdresser do it um, she isn't very kind of like oh you have to be a lawyer you have to be a doctor on a dad on the other hand <laughs> typical Nigerian man who you should be a doctor lawyer um, pastor <laughs> anything um, that seems like good in the eyes of um, people so my mum was very very big on encouraging talent so I guess she kind of saw that interest and so she bought me a doll's head and I practice and so when I got into college my mum's like oh I know a lady who owns a shop why don't you go and do weekends there but she said Mary one thing I'll tell you don't tell them you know how to do hair if they if you tell them you know how to do hair they are going to cheat you you'll be there doing hair for free so make sure you don't tell them so literally I went there like I spent my weekends I think I was there for like three months I was interning um, and at this time this was when Jamaicans shall I say Jamaican specifically or or Caribbeans, um, should we say, but it was, to me personally, it was a lot of Jamaican stylists, people from Jamaica, um, that were literally, it was a case of where, if you saw a Nigerian woman or anyone from a Nigerian background doing weave, you would never sit in their chair. It was <laughs> literally a taboo. Like, is she Nigerian? Oh my God, no, 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 she can't do weave, only braids. Remember that, that era? It was that 100%, era. I remember that era. Only, yeah, that era, you would only go to literally a yardie, or you'd go to someone from the Caribbean. Yeah. You, if they were Nigerian, you run a mile because yeah, they didn't have to That's the era I kind of grew up. Exactly. That's the kind of era I grew up. So um, I was there and there was a, Jama a woman from Jamaica called Trisha, I'll never forget. And she used to do weaves. And what I would do is I would analyze it. So I'd watch how she did it and I'd go home and I'd practice. And I would deconstruct the things I liked, the things I didn't like um, about, about what she did and try and like implement it. 
Um, and that's when I quickly realized that I'm a visual learner, that I could, if I can see something, I can do it. Because everything she was able to do, even though I didn't physically do it in the shop, when I got home, I was able to recreate it on my mom and stuff. Um, so fast forward, that's kind of something I did. I, I used to do my own weaves. And in college, I kind of got popular for that because everyone's like, oh my God, who did your hair like me? And so I would do everyone in college. I think I was charging 20 pounds at that time. So shout out to all of you guys who finessed my ass. <laughs> Literally, so I was doing weaves and I was doing braids. <laughs> by the whole of Essex but shout out to you guys it was part of practice and it's part of my growth um so I decided to study journalism I went to City University London um and I was there from 20 uh 20 wow 2009 to 2012 mm -hmm. um and I would do hair on the side that was kind of my side hustle um and in 2011 I went to Australia um, I studied, I did a year abroad, well not a year, it was six months abroad um, and obviously at that time that's when I, I went to Australia and there wasn't anybody doing hair there obviously, I went from London where there's loads to Australia where there wasn't any, so I feel like that's where my talents really really grew, like I spent a lot of time making wigs and I realised I really really like this, came back, graduated 2012, I got a job, I was working at The Guardian um, and I quickly realised that as great as I thought my career would be in journalism, I wasn't prepared to give my whole time to it. Um, so essentially what I did is um, I continued there because it was the perfect time to be at The Guardian because it was 2012 um, and this was the year of the Olympics. So it was the best time to be a journalist. Um, and obviously it came with its perks, but after the Olympics um, evaporated, I realized that, hold on, journalism isn't that fun for me personally. And I'm the type of person, if I don't love it, I don't do it. That's the issue mm. always been my mindset. If I don't love it, I'm gonna do it. There's no point. Um, so, and look, obviously, journalism is a very um, middle-class, male-dominated um, industry. And I feel, personally, feel like I only got the job because I was black and they needed to um, fill a quota. Not that I wasn't good. I, I was a fantastic writer. I, I believe I still am, I don't know, a bit rusty. Um, but it was also the fact that I was black. And for me, I was like, is there room for progression in this field? Um, and I didn't really feel there was unless I literally excuse my language, licked ass. Um, and I felt like in order to grow in that area, I would have to do that. And I wasn't prepared to. I was like, I don't really love it that much to, to be doing all this, you know, groveling. And, and the thing is, the hours were mad. Like you literally would work like you were a doctor or a lawyer. You'll have no time. They literally, so my office was in King's Cross um, and they would literally build um, bunkers and like showers upstairs so you didn't have to go what? home. Yeah, it was mad. And I was like, I, I, obviously, I was fresh out of uni. And the thing is, I, didn't, I feel like also, I didn't get a chance to enjoy, like, that fresh out of uni. I'm a graduate. I got a job, like, two weeks later. And I was while my friends were living their best life, I was stuck in the office. And I feel like that was also part of it. Like, I hate this. Like, I actually hate this. So um, I finished there. Um, and I remember not telling my parents, actually. And... Because I was a bit afraid. I was like, firstly, I feel like they might be a bit disappointed. Obviously, I got a really, really good job, well paid. Um, they might be disappointed in me. So I um, didn't tell them. I told them I was on annual leave. So two weeks later, my dad's like, uh, what type of annual leave is this, please? 
that you know oh, you've been away for a while and I confess I fessed up I was like dad listen I quit my dad's like what why would you do that this is a big opportunity how many people get this? how many people can you say get this blah blah mm. blah and I was like listen dad I feel like I want to do hair um, and I feel like that's what I'm passionate about that's what I'm really good at so if you could just allow me to do it my dad's like you know what listen I give you one year one year to make this like a successful business that you can sustain yourself with. If not, then you go back to work. And I was like, okay, cool. That's all I need. Give me one year. Um, and I promise like I will do it. So obviously I jumped in deep end. Um, but I was young. I didn't have a family then. I had no responsibilities. I lived in my dad's house rent free. Like I was just carefree. So it was the best time to do it. And obviously at the time I was with my boyfriend, who's now my husband. Um, oh, yeah, and you better we, get your life, honey. <laughs> literally, so we are both creative. So it was very, um, he encouraged me anyway. He was like, listen, do what you need to do. At the end of the day, like it's your choice, it's your life. Um, and I think that really helped. But I went from obviously having a job with, that was paid to like obviously having absolutely no money. And obviously the pride in me, I couldn't ask my parents for money because it was my choice to quit my job. So I was like, oh my God, I need to make money. And at this time, um, I jumped on Facebook. This is when Facebook was popping. So I started like doing people's hair and taking pictures and stuff. But business didn't kick off. Like I wasn't booming. I wasn't making money. Like I was making money, but not enough for where I wanted to be. So I got scared. Then I applied for another job. I actually worked at Mum's Net. Um, funny oh. yeah I got a job at mum's net and obviously I wasn't a mum I had never even heard of them until you know when I went to the interview they were like you know this is the biggest um mum's form uh forum in the like in the whole world I was like oh my god oh. really I did not know that yeah um, so I got a job there as a digital content creator so I was there um but six months later, the same kind of feeling set in that I'm not where I need to be. Like, I, I'm here, I'm making money, and I'm pretty good at this job, but I can't see myself here in the next 10 years and the next five years. So, again, I quit. <laughs> um, and I was just like, oh, my God. And I didn't know what to do because I was like, am I a quitter? Like, is this actually like a... You know, sometimes when you have to self-analyze and just self-assess, like, hold on, do I have a habit of quitting? Like, mm. is this actually a thing? Like, am I quitting? Because I've got two jobs now. And a lot of my friends, obviously, are still even looking for jobs. I've got two jobs at very good companies. And I've quit twice. Um, but I just was like, you know what? I'm going to make it work. So I went back to, like, hustling. And I guess that's the journey of Pap Gigi. That's how it started. And I never went back. I've been doing Pap Gigi since. That is what an amazing story filled with like ups and downs and you know like am I a quitter am I not like let me go mm. for it okay no I've quit my job I can't tell my father mm. how to like <laughs> wow and to see where it is now obviously you did my you, you did my wedding hair you braided my wedding mm. so to see you go from like where you were then what was that what 2016 that was only four mm. years ago. And so imagine before that, because before, because I was like, nah, I need someone to do my hair and it has to be lit. <laughs> that weave that you did for me is literally the best weave I've, I've ever had at that point. But obviously by then you'd made a name for yourself, you'd gotten yeah. yourself out there, but that was four years ago. So imagine like, where you are now, do you know what I mean? And your mom on top, like, it's just... <laughs> Um, honestly that's what an amazing journey um i know you probably get asked this a lot but how do you like being wife mom business owner how do you do it all i always answer that. i feel like this is the most asked frequently i should put it on my forehead faq <laughs> um, <laughs> I was asked, can I say there's two answers to this question? I don't. <laughs> like, how do you balance it? I don't balance it. I just yeah. do. 
Um, yeah, so I do and I don't, essentially. Um, there are some days that I balance it like a pro and I'm like, good girl. I'm like, what? you yeah. here. <laughs> and then some days I'm like, uh, you're an absolute failure. <laughs> what exactly have you done today with your life? Um, so I feel like that's normal. I feel like a lot of people tell this, paint this perfect picture of perfection. And I feel like if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see that I'm the realist. Like, I'll tell you how it is. Like, it was hard. I didn't sleep. I cried. I moaned. Um, and I, I kind of pride myself in that because I felt like, um, you know, becoming a mom and, you know, becoming a wife and then being a business owner was a lot of cats that I had to juggle. And I felt like, why didn't nobody tell me? Like, everybody painted this perfect picture um, and it's not so perfect. So I think for me, um, obviously, I got married in 20, well, wow, 2016. Yeah, we got married in the same year. <laughs> got married in 2016 um, and I um had Levi 2017 actually December 2017 um and it came as a shock so obviously there's a huge gap that's missing um between my story but essentially I built my business um and you know Pachichi was popping and before Levi I would literally have like maybe six seven clients a day Monday to Friday and yeah. then on Saturdays I'd go off and do brides and it was absolutely fine um, I like, for me, I thrive on being busy. I feel like it's very important to know who you are mm. and who I am is I like, I'm a busy body. I like to be busy when I'm not busy in my head. That's something, something is wrong. I'm not content. I'm not happy. Being busy is when I'm at my absolute happiest, even though I stress and I'm moaning about it. I love it because I can't mm. see life without that's my lifestyle. That's, that's kind of what gets me ticking. Um, so being busy and obviously at this time I was newly married and my husband is um, self-employed as well. So we get each other. We understand mm. that. So there isn't any, there wasn't any timeline, any constraints that, okay, we'll switch off at this. I was like, go, you still working? I'm working too. Like it was literally like we were feeding off each other it was all good then Levi came along and I was like oh, bro you you um you like a second job right like literally I was like your whole job yeah. no one told me yeah. and I'm like they did tell me but I didn't listen yeah. um so but luckily he was a good like I worked through my whole pregnancy when I tell you the week before I was due <laughs> I was in central London I'll never forget this doing a photo shoot I was doing a photo what? shoot I didn't post my pregnancy on online nobody knew I was pregnant so obviously the people that booked me did not know that they were gonna they were catering to a nine-month pregnant woman and um, so I had I waddle over there they're just like what the heck you're massive when are you feel like uh next Saturday wow <laughs> yeah um, no stop literally non-stop but again for me it was like I said like obviously I didn't know and the thing is when I was like the first person in my immediate circle that got married and had kids so nobody was there to tell me and obviously everyone else that told me they they'd done it years ago your child is now 27 your advice really don't matter yeah so for me I was like oh, I'm gonna quit I'm gonna stop working like when I'm eight months or six months whatever but my pregnancy was I can't lie to you God gave me a gift Levi's pregnancy was a breeze it was an absolute breeze um I can't complain I would take it over and over again it was brilliant um so I was fine I was absolutely fine healthy I was absolutely fine I wasn't tired nothing so I was working um up to yeah up to literally nine months it was a breeze then he came along um and he was a very good baby I can't even lie to you um considering from and I, I assess a very good baby based on what other people say I guess there's mm. no bad babies but he was a very good baby to me he fit mm. my life mm. um mm. he went to bed at um, good times he never really cried I was able to back him and stuff but it was just a shock to my system at how needy he was I was like I knew he'll need me but you kind of need me I'm sad really? <laughs> 
um, yeah, that was a shock to me. And obviously I'm grateful because obviously I had um, my husband who's very hands-on and I lived 10 minutes away from my mom. So they were very helpful. My, my in-laws also lived 10 minutes away from me. So we are, we were like certified, but I just never realized how mentally draining it would be to have a child. Um, and to find that balance. So I went through the struggle of feeling like a bad mom, like all the time, because mm. I decided to go back to work at, to, um, when he was two months old, um, because I work from home and I can literally. And he, I was like, what am I doing? And let me be honest, I found that stage very boring. I was like, okay, and I'm used to being, please note, this is coming from someone who's used to being busy. So to just sit there and look at a baby that's cute was not good enough for me. I was like, oh, you're cute, but you don't talk, you don't want, you don't, like, you don't react. Like, so for me, I actually found it boring. And I feel like this is raw and honest, but I did. I found it very boring. I was like, oh my God, can you grow up? <laughs> <laughs> smile can you do something literally so i decided to go back to work after two months um because i was like at least i need human interaction i need my clients back i missed this um and i felt like that was a little bit of a backlash because i obviously shared it on instagram and i got a few dms like you know horrible dms like oh what? how can you go back that's very irresponsible yeah so many horrible when you live your life slightly on a public eye people feel like they're entitled to opinion and i can't lie to you it got to me people are like oh my god he's only two months like you need to relax oh don't don't stress yourself oh take it easy don't feel you're on a race don't feel like you're in a competition all these like feet negative feedback so i was just like oh my god maybe i'm doing something wrong oh, um, wow. but i was like you know what this is what makes me happy and i'm gonna continue to do it so it was literally finding that balance and act um we've got there now levi's going to be three in december and i'm finally there but what, essentially what i realize is do what makes you happy who cares what anyone else thinks they're not in your life they don't leave your shoes as long as you and your husband um are happy and your child is healthy and your child's growth that is all that matters so i think for me balancing it is literally just setting a schedule so in the morning i'll wake up and i write a, a long list of to-do lists um i don't always get through it and that's absolutely fine um but i try and get through it so okay i have a schedule so i know levi normally wakes up at seven so i need to make sure i'm up by like five if i need to get some things done without him and obviously he goes to nursery covid has been a shock to my system um, but <laughs> go nursery, things have been obviously so much easier to balance but essentially it's just staying on top of things um writing a schedule and trying to stick to it um and not worrying when you break the schedule like it's not that deep like life will go on it's okay so yeah sorry my questions that i answered so long sorry i'm gonna try and keep it short <laughs> Oh my gosh, no, we love it. We love to hear it. Trust me, this, you're, you're, you're dropping some serious truths. And like, I'm very shocked to hear that, you know, certain people's responses. Um, understand you in terms of like, like my husband is always like, oh yeah, like, I carry Eden, but like, what did she do? She, now she started cooing a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But it's true, like, they don't smile, they don't, they just sit there. Yeah, they yeah. Rest and that's it. Like, or they'll do it. You have to change them and... What else? <laughs> 100%. Yeah. So like, I feel like you and I were very similar in that, like, you, we just can't stay still. It's, we just like mm. productive, you know, and mm. I totally understand feeling like, okay, so what's next? Okay, what am I doing now? And like mm. the feeling of, okay, I have to get back to work. That's natural for you. And that works for you. So mm. I'm not to, you know, have anything to say about that. That's not fair. So mm. I, I apologize on whoever, on behalf of whoever said that to you. That's not nice. But look where you are today, girl. Exactly. <laughs> how successful you are, even with a child, you know, it's just mm. testament to, like you said, like, to having your schedule, sticking to it. 
and just like doing what makes you happy. So mm. look for all you mamas out there, do what you love and what makes you happy and don't do anything. Mm. Um, okay, I've got an interesting question here. Can you tell me a time where you've ever failed at something and how did you, if ever, bounce back? A time where I've ever failed, there's many times, many, many times. Um, I would say, uh, what, okay, let's give a good example. Um, okay, let's talk about my first um, class. So the first class, I decided in 2017 that I wanted to do, um, I wanted to do uh, Learn to Lace Like Me classes. Um, so essentially what it is, is just educating people who have an interest in doing wigs, how to do it properly, how to do it professionally, um, and how to make it look flawless. So um, I planned it with a couple of my friends. Um, and the day before, so we booked this venue. Um, the day before the venue now called and said that they can't, <laughs> that they can't accommodate us. I'm sorry, please. What do you mean? There's 30 people who have paid me cash dollars. <laughs> to come to my class and some people even traveled from like Birmingham and stuff for me now to say that it's cancelled I don't really understand um and mm. they're like sorry um and obviously this was like the a couple of hours before so there was nothing I could really do so I had to cancel it so for me that was the biggest L like I feel like that was one of the biggest L's I ever took and obviously firstly I didn't have a name for like classes so this was the first time so a lot of people thought it was fraud you know I was trying to scam them keep oh, their money wow. um yeah so there was a lot of backlash from that and it, it went down in the DMs people were really upset obviously people had traveled from Manchester from Birmingham paid hundreds of pounds for train tickets and hotel accommodation um so I think for me that was the biggest L um, obviously I worked it out by, you know, finding another, um, venue, but obviously that was uh, a few days later. Um, I discounted like those who had traveled from Birmingham and stuff, but for me, that was the biggest L, but I think it, what I learned is just have backup definitely mm. have backup like be organized be prepared and prepare for the worst as i feel like sometimes as christians like we pray through things and sometimes we're not practical like oh in jesus name it'll be fine it'll be this and i'm like if i just had backup yeah i would be out of you know i wouldn't be in this situation so just being organized and preparing for like as much as yeah people want to be positive that's fantastic but what you need to have your list of what ifs okay if this doesn't happen what what can i do if this doesn't happen what can i do what's the backup so um yeah i think that would be my example a hundred percent and you know what they say fate was it faith without works is dead right? works is dead yeah, yeah. <laughs> why why are you praying and you've got no backup you've got nothing Literally. you know so that's a very good example and i can't even imagine imagine having a class your first one and it just flops like that i'm even cringing for you like it's just ah uh, but <laughs> you're on what class 17 18 class 20 girl i can't even keep i can't even keep i can't even keep up i cannot <laughs> now done a whole 20 classes yeah and he's doing so well so can you just obviously look back and think right like that happened but i'm on class 20 i'm you know like on top of my exactly so many people you know you've learned so much over the time that people are still coming back. keep coming back Definitely. Your cash money dollars and <laughs> but obviously um, i think the point i'm trying to make here is 
you can't have a business and not expect kind of setbacks and failures to happen. How you deal with it and how you learn from it. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, what motivates you? How do you stay motivated on a daily basis? I always say my biggest motivation is my son. I feel like having him, like I was motivated before, don't get it twisted. Yeah. But I feel like my motivation has skyrocketed. I'm like, yo, he needs to be comfortable. He needs to not take credit cards. He needs to have a house by the age of 21. Like he needs to be good. He yeah. needs to be good. Um, and he needs to be good, not just for him, but for his future generation. And mm. you know how obviously now in this era, we're talking about white privilege and you know how they are good. And one thing I know, and I'll talk for the Nigerian community um, specifically because I'm Nigerian, a lot of Nigerians don't leave wealth for their children. It's kind of like, I struggled, okay, you two struggle, and mm. hopefully, you know, it works out in the end. But for me, I don't want that. I want Levi to come up and have a, you know, a ground. I want him to have a foundation set. I want him to have some money set aside. So if he decides he wants to go into business or he wants to go into this, he wants to go into that, he doesn't have to struggle. And obviously that's a perfect, that's a perfect world. You know, it may not always happen that way, but that is my goal. I want to leave a legacy for him. I want him, you know, to, I want him to have advantages. And unfortunately as, as, um, as raw as this is, money helps, money helps. To, of course. Um, you know, if he has money, he can go to a, a better school. If he has money, you know, he can establish this. He can form connections. And um, for me, I always say like developing generational wealth—not just wealth that is for me, but for the future to come, um, that proceeds and that to continuously be. I want them to say, "Oh, you know what? The Adequas, man, they're rich, you know, and not just they're just rich. Like we're rich in everything. Like we're rich in wealth, rich in education, we're rich in everything. That's what I want. I want to. I want to be a household name. Um, and I want that to be be the beginning of a legacy i don't want him to struggle i don't i literally don't want him to struggle i don't want him to um have to and unfortunately that may happen but my goal here as i'm on earth and i'm as i'm alive is to work so hard so hard so that when he when he um grows up and he get he decides whatever path he chooses um of course he's going to work hard but there will already be foundations laid for him so he won't be disadvantaged in any way Amen. Amen. Wow, that is that's so powerful. You've said, you've dropped so many gems in there that I'm just like I'm looking at myself. I'm thinking, wait, what? For <laughs> real, I love the concept of generational wealth. A lot of black people actually don't really think about generations to come you know so i love that you're all about that and i know you're obviously very passionate about that you're always talking about it on your instagram and something that you can tell you have a heart for and that's why you work so hard so your answer doesn't surprise me at all and i'm praying that you you, you do become everything that you need to become to you know have generational wealth um and good and everything for your family and your families, 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 families to come. Amen. I really believe that. Like I really believe in you. So, yeah, amazing. One more question to do with motherhood this time. Um, okay. Since having Levi, how would you say your life has changed for the better? Hmm. Um. Levi is a breath of absolute fresh air. Like, mm. oh, I just, you know, when you're like, I didn't know I needed you until I had you. Like, I yeah. needed you. 
you are just absolute and utter joy that is levi is the if you've ever met him this is the happiest little boy you will ever meet in your life he's so intelligent he's so caring he's so loving and he always is happy like he just he makes my life 100 percent better like i can't i don't even know i'm like why did i wait so long like i didn't even wait so long but i'm just like if i know that i had you i'd love him like yeah he is, he's everything he's absolutely everything for me i just feel like um, as we talked about motivation, obviously he motivates me to be better at times. I'm like, I can't be bothered. I'm like, okay, you have to be bothered, even if it's just for him. So he sees that, you know, mommy worked hard, you know, mommy didn't slack. Um, to just be a better person in general. Yeah, Levi uh, was a gift. I feel like God wrapped, looked at me. He wrapped, he wrapped him in a present. I was like, you, this is who you need. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. He just makes me better in, in every single way. I just feel like the way I act you know even talking the way I talk around him the things I do like he just makes it better because it's all for him you know I love that oh that's so cute it's God actually gives you what you need actually mm. does. the fact that you know you know you're quite a busy person and you've got a child that doesn't really cry that much mm, exactly like all oh, kids are blessings don't get me wrong but he's giving you the exact child that you need 100% just amazing um um with uh with regards to you being the first one out of your friends to like get married and kind of have a baby how how did you how did you deal with that mm -hmm. that's a good question to you because bruh <laughs> i don't know um it was you know and the thing is for me like i'm a, like i i know a lot of people that's one thing i always say i know a lot of people but mm. i don't have a lot of friends mm. and i don't have a lot of friends not because i'm not likable i personally believe that i'm a very likable person you're um, very likable mary <laughs> if i do say so myself but i'm a very busy person and mm. i feel like in order to be my friends you need to understand that you need to understand that i'm probably not going to call you <laughs> <laughs> every week i'm probably not um i'm probably not actually gonna respond to your whatsapp messages straight away i'm mm. probably gonna read it and forget mm. but um yes yeah, so i feel like it's a bit difficult to have friends um in that situation or make new friends um that don't understand you so i'm very intentional about my friendships and most of my friends are my day ones i would say people that have known me from like back in the day because they see my growth they know the journey they understand but it was a huge struggle getting firstly even getting married and having no one to speak to you about like your marriage issues because all my friends are were still single mm. and then obviously the first in my immediate circle to have a kid i was like what 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 happened like <laughs> i've got all these problems so google was my go-to i can't lie to you i googled everything and then i found you tinu i saw mums and tea i don't even know how i found mums and tea i think someone sent it to me I believe that like, one of my friends was like, there's this group. And I was like, I have no mum friends. I'm so sad. Like, I, I can't even speak to anyone. I don't even know if Levi's doing well or not. Like, Google's not good enough. Um, yeah. so I think one of my friends must have sent me. She's like, go to this. And I was nervous. I was like, oh my gosh. I don't know. This is awkward. Like, and the thing is, let me be honest. I always say I'm not a maternal person. Yeah. So I've never been that girl that was like, oh my God, I want five kids. I just can't wait to have kids. I could wait. I've always been able to wait. I've never been that girl, never. So I was a bit like, where can I go then? All the mums are like this um, stay at home mums that cook and bake cookies and all that stuff. And I barely oh, even had to. 
I have time to look at a recipe. So I was worried. I was proper nervous. I was like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. Um, and I went, I remember the first time I went, I actually went with a friend who had just um, become a mum as well. And it was absolutely amazing to just see normal mums. And that's the thing. Obviously, when I was looking online, I just saw these perfect cookie cut mums. I'm like, I'm nothing like you. Like, mm. I love I love just looking at him breathe. I'm like, really? <laughs> I'm so <laughs> Why are you looking at him breathe? I'm making 10 wigs, honey. Like, literally. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just, yes, I'd see things like that. And I'll just compare. Like, comparison is the biggest food for joy. I always say this. But mm. when in my early stages of uh, parenthood, I literally used to sit on the laptop and compare and just beat myself up. Like, look out, look at you. Look at your mates. They're making cookies and bacon and you're here <laughs> making wigs. Like, and flight, catching flights as well. You're, you're leaving your child at six months to go and do hair in a different country. Who yeah, are you? Wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Mum the team really, really helped me. You know, I formed, um, made a lot of friends um, there that are still friends till today. Um, and it was just fantastic to hear mums who were the same, like from the same same way, like they're the same age as you, you know, same struggles. And you realise that, hold on, I'm not alone and I'm not an alien and I'm not weird. I'm not mm. weird for wanting to do work. I'm not weird for, you know, deciding to leave my child and go um, and work. So um, I think that was, I would say that was literally the biggest help because I was able to speak to a lot of people inside and outside of the group um, to just ask things like, is this normal? Leave us in this. Is this normal? Or, you know, what I'm doing, is that normal? Or where are you with your kid? Like, should I be doing that? Should I be doing this? And obviously mm -hmm. everyone's individual journey with your child is absolutely different, but it just helped to have, you know, like-minded people. So essentially it was a struggle. Then I found you and my struggle was over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, I appreciate that. And you know what? It is that, that's definitely what I design mums and teachers. People know they're not alone. Mm. Like you said, it's so easy to feel isolated. It's so easy to feel like, oh my god, this motherhood thing is it for me? Or am I doing this right? Or is this wrong? Or like, I just need someone apart from Google, like you said, because you yeah, can for hours on Instagram looking at these mums that look perfect and everything, and and mm. it can make you feel some kind of kind of way. So that's why I'm very very passionate about mums and tea and doing the events and bringing mums together so that they know that they're not alone and so that you can actually just have that that point of contact, a point of contact, mm. someone that can just you know. Make you realize that you're still sane, <laughs> even if you do want to go and travel the world or you want to be a set mom and make bake cookies or you know, whatever it is 100%. out there that will also share that same passion and you can just you know, be friends. So, yeah, 100%. thank you so much. Um, now well, let's move on to part two of the podcast where we answer for time we're probably only going to have one question today um but it's a good one how do you make sure you don't lose yourself in motherhood and your relationship mm. i think that's really good i think that's a really really good question i remember getting married and my mom said men are like babies so I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, they are like babies or especially the fact that you married your age mates, they are like babies. I'm like, what do you mean? And she was like, literally, they crave your attention. She's like, you'll see, even when you have your child, you realize that, you know, Marlon will eventually um, start to get a little bit jealous. I'm like, skin, he won't do that. No, he won't. Um, <laughs> and I saw it live and clear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. in this room very early. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was like, okay, he needs to move now. He needs to go. <laughs> um, so I really realized that very early. And obviously, I'm a very, 
I'm a very, I'm, I don't know how to describe myself, but in relationships, I'm not really an uberly affectionate person. And I, and I say this, like, you wouldn't see me openly, like, kissing my husband on the road. You wouldn't, like, if we, yeah, I'm not that, I'm not that girl. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very, I always say I'm, I'm a, I call myself, um, what's it called? Uh, I can't even remember. It's gone out of my head. Um, but yeah, I'm not really overly passionate. I'm not really, oh, kiss me, I love you. None of, like, I'm not really like that. Um, I'll say it, but when I say it, it, I mean it. Do you understand? I don't just throw those words around. Um, And it's so much so, I don't even have a pet name for Marlon. Marlon is Marlon. So much so that Levi started calling him Marlon, Marlon. Wow, he doesn't even call him that. I need to call you baby or something. Um, So we're very, I don't know, I feel like because we've been friends for ages, um, we are still very much friends. um, And it works. That's, you know, we love each other, but I don't feel the need to constantly express him. He doesn't, and we are good. Um, But I think for me, it was just finding that balance. Okay, you know what, as much as you're, because obviously this is the thing, it was the guilt trip thing. So obviously I'd go away. So during like, I think when Levi was six months, I started doing destination weddings. um, And I'd be away for like a week. And I'll come back and obviously I'd say, hi, Colin, you're right, love you, oh my God, I miss you. And I'm like, I'm going to have my baby and I would feel like I have to make up for the times I've been away so it would be literally just 100% tunnel vision and just oh Marla are you okay there's food there oh this are you okay take this take that but it would never be really affectionate or intentional so I'd been I would say the key word is being intentional so I've been more intentional about my time so even though if I'm spending time with Levi I need to make sure I spend that same time with Marlon so if things I put in place was like making sure Levi had a bedtime so Levi would go to bed at 7 30 and instead of me go after 7 30 quickly run into bleaching knots of some frontal I would say okay from 7 30 to 10 p.m let's watch a movie let's have dinner let's catch up on what you've done for the day and especially because we both work from home I feel like it's, it's even easier to kind of say but I've seen you I saw your day man what's that you've seen me but did you see me you talked to me but did you talk to me like and I feel like that was one thing I had to establish very early on in order not to lose my relationship because I feel like I remember always hearing things from people saying that oh yeah um you know you you had a relationship with your husband then your child leaves the home and then you don't know who he is and I'm like eh? I see how that happens I never understood it until you get married and you have a kid then you realize how that happens yeah. I, was like, I never want us to um, lose our friendship so I think essentially what it was is putting things in place putting together a schedule like not writing it down but in my head knowing that okay this is my own time this is mommy time this is Levi time and being able to separate and distinguish all of that like and especially for me as well I got it confused because obviously I would work and for work I would say that's my time but essentially right. it wasn't yeah. Um, so I would never give myself any time. It would just be like, oh yeah, I've worked, that is my time. Now I need to split the time between Marlon and Levi. And I would literally was like, well, okay, what do I do for myself outside of work? Like, because you're passionate about work doesn't mean that's your own time. So like doing things like booking massages for myself, um, going to get my nails done, that makes me happy. You know, just going, chilling with my friends, speaking on the phone, you know, those are the things. So I think it was literally just putting into boxes. Okay, this is your life. This is your family, but you need to divide it and be able to allocate time um, for each person. And one of those most important people is yourself. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, all those things are so important. Um, and I thank you for being honest, obviously. It's not, it's not easy to juggle it, but you seem to be doing it well. So thank you. <laughs> Um, and that brings me to the end of today's episode. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. Can you please let we, let us know where we can follow you on social media? Okay, time for my plug. Business yes, woman hat on. Right. So if you guys want to find me, which you should want to find me, you should find me at Papachichi Style on Instagram. So that's P-A-P-A-C-H-I-C-H-I and the word style 
or follow at Pink Hot Comb, which is my new baby. Please support, follow, you'll love it. Um, so that's at Pink Hot Comb. And you can find me, my website is www.papachichistyle.com or www.pinkhotcomb.com. Fantastic. A boss said by a true boss. You, you switched it up real quick, honey. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And we'll Thank you for having me. Next episode. You have been listening to the What's the Tea podcast by Mums and Tea. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you again next week for another episode.